When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We're going to start digging into the various positions on the Browns roster. We're going to look at what they did in 2021 and how the positions look heading into 2022. Today, it's an easy one. We talk about running backs. Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock, and I talk about Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson, uh, how they did this year, how much the Browns missed Kareem Hunt, and we get into what the running back room might look like in 2022 and each player's role in that room. So if you're not a Football Insider subscriber, I've been getting our subscribers involved in, the, in these position review posts and also these position review podcasts. Uh, go to cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get a daily newsletter delivered right to your inbox, access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash Browns, and to become one of our text subscribers. All right, here we go. Our first position review here, the running backs on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Here we go on our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We are starting our position reviews, and we're starting it off easy. We're going with the running back position here. Uh, Our Football Insider subscribers feel very good about this position. Most of them rated it a 10. On average, it came down to an 8. But full disclosure, I think that was an 8 because I wasn't very clear with 10 being the most confident and 1 being the least confident. I think some people thought 1 was the most confident. So, Uh, Even that was skewed a little bit. Let's just say our football insider subscribers were very, very confident in the Browns running back position moving forward. Not a lot of movement to discuss here. Not a lot of options to discuss. So I I thought maybe I would throw some questions at you guys about this position and, and get your thoughts. And so just the very first question, looking back on the 2021 season, Mary Kay, do you think the Browns used Nick Chubb enough this season he finished second in the league in rushing yards but do you think the Browns used him enough actually I don't I mean it seemed like there were times where uh, he was either standing over on the sidelines and they weren't using him at key times when I thought they would Uh, there were some games where uh, you know they were playing against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL and it just seemed like pounding that ball was going to be the way to go and they didn't necessarily do it so I, I do think that they could have gotten more mileage out of Nick Chubb. Now, I think they're trying. He's at that point in his career where I think they're trying to save the tread on the tires a little bit uh, and, and not run him into the ground. And they didn't have Kareem Hunt. And so, therefore, in a lot of those you know goal line situations and 10 yards and in situations, they didn't have Kareem when they would normally use him. So I don't think that helped matters. But still... I think that there were plenty of times where a little bit more of Nick Chubb would have gone a long way. Ashley, what do you think? Yeah, I I agree with Mary Kay. And, you know, I think for me in particular, the one area I would have liked to see them use him more was in their past game, like kind of like how they use Kareem Hunt. And that seems like that's been something that Nick Chubb has been open to as well. Um, We saw him get pretty involved in the past game against the Packers, for example. But I do think they left some opportunities out there in regards to that. And every time you ask Nick Chubb about it, he kind of just gives you a typical Nick Chubb answer that he'll do whatever it takes for them to win. 
win. And um, I, I just think overall, the more Nick Chubb you can get, the better. But again, I kind of see there uh, if they are, in fact, trying to save some tread on the tires, as Mary Kay said, that's understandable considering how much he means to this team and how this team is obviously built to run the football. But overall, given that, I think some frustration that we weren't getting enough of him is also understandable. So the tread on the tires thing, I think, is really interesting. Uh, you know, I thought like in that Pittsburgh game, right, there were a lot of people who were complaining in week 17 that, you know, why didn't the Browns use Nick Chubb more? And I, I think a big part of it was like the Browns were eliminated. So they weren't going to give the ball to Nick Chubb 30 times in that game. And same with Cincinnati. I mean, Nick Chubb was essentially the backup in that game and really only out of necessity. But Mary Kay, how do you balance, I guess, if you're the Browns? This is a guy you've extended. You know, you want to have him be your running back for a long time, but we know the shelf life on these guys is not long. They clearly don't want to run him into the ground, but how do they balance, I guess, kind of riding him versus, you know, saving him for three, four years down the road even? Well, I think the, the best way to do that uh, will be to get Kareem Hunt back and to use Dearness Johnson uh, in other situations where uh, you just want to, to give Nick Chubb uh, a little bit of a breather here and there. Uh, I think that's the way to do it. And he's not necessarily in that way going to win the rushing title that he almost won one year. But, you know, that doesn't matter. He'll get his 1,000 yards and he'll still go to the Pro Bowl and he'll still help them win games. But I think that's the best way to do it. I think it is time now uh, to kind of try to take care of him a little, keep him fresh, not only for the end of the season and hopeful playoffs, but also for the fourth quarter of games where sometimes uh, he can turn on those jets when the defense is gassed. So uh, I, I don't mind the philosophy. I just think it works a whole lot better when you've got uh, Kareem Hunt who can take the heat off of him. How would you balance that, Ashley? Is it, I mean, I guess it's, it's a smart approach, but at the same time, when push comes to shove, you've got to have Chubb ready to go. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked so much about how this team is built to win now with so many of these pieces, including Nick Chubb, but I think Mary Kay hit the nail on the head here. The health of Kareem Hunt is huge. And I know we're probably going to discuss him and the, the myriad of injuries he had this year and he missed half their games. And that's such a key piece of your offense that you're missing. And when you have a piece like that out, it kind of creates like a ripple effect throughout your offense. And I think how they use Nick Chubb, how much they used him, all of that stuff was affected by Kareem Hunt not being on the field due to these injuries. So I think that's a huge part of how they balance how much they use Nick Chubb going forward and whether Kareem Hunt can stay healthy in 2022 is going to be key. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like what we saw. I mean, what we saw Sunday night with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, all of a sudden, both these guys, you know, they always use their legs. But Sunday night, it was like caution to the wind. You know, Josh Allen decided to be a running back in the playoffs, basically. But you're not going to see him do that as much in the regular season. With, with Chubb, it's kind of like, let's get enough to win games, but also let's make sure when we get to January, if we want to give you the ball 30 times, you're, you're ready to go. You know, not just this year, but, but for the next three or four years. So, Mary Kay, you touched on this. Let's look ahead a little bit with Chubb. Can he win the rushing title next season, or is that just going to be out of the question because of how the Browns might use him? Well, I, I think it's going to be out of the question, uh, not necessarily out of the question, because you, you could always have injuries, as we saw this year, to a Derrick Henry or to a Jonathan Taylor. But I think those guys have established themselves as, uh, you know, just the primary workhorse back, and they're just going to, they are going to just ride those guys off into the, 
sunset or whatever the case may be. Whereas uh, the Browns just have no intentions of doing that. So I think it's probably a little bit of a long shot for him to win a rushing title. Uh, he's heading into his fifth season now and running backs do start to, to break down a little bit. They do start to fall off the cliff a little bit because of the wear and tear on their body. And because they made an investment in him, a big financial investment in him, they want to preserve that. So I think you will continue to see the same philosophy. I do not think all of a sudden you're going to just see him out there, you know, getting 35 carries every single game and taking that beating and taking that pounding. And then the other thing very briefly is that, uh, I, I do think that when their tackles are healthier and more stable, then you'll, you know, you'll see a little bit more from, from Nick and Kareem. Ashley, you weren't here in 2019, but Nick Chubb momentarily won that rushing title until Derrick Henry had like a two, what was it? 250 yards, Mary Kay, some ridiculous game. The Browns yeah. played at one and kind of didn't use Chubb a whole lot. And he finished that game with the rushing title and Derrick Henry stole it on like his last run of a masterpiece performance for the Titans. Uh, and it does sort of feel like maybe that was his last best shot at this thing, unless, you know, things play out the way Mary Kay laid out for, for how it could happen. Yeah. Because I think so much of what the Browns do on offense when Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are healthy is they, they use them in different scenarios, obviously. Right. And they, they want to go to Kareem Hunt later in close games, given how effective he is in the past game. And like I just said, I think, they should give Nick Chubb more chances there, but it's just the way it is. Like Kareem Hunt is going to be the guy in those scenarios in this offense. Um, and I think when you have two guys who, who are capable of being starters, as long as they're both healthy, um, it is smart to, to want to utilize them both and utilize their different skills for different scenarios. So I think just given how much Kareem Hunt plays, and then it gives you the luxury of not only preserving Nick Chubb long-term, but obviously we see them preserving him for late in game so that he's fresh even in those fourth quarter scenarios if they need him. So I think all of that kind of works together to, to kind of work against him in terms of that particular individual accolade. Okay. We've said his name a million times already. Green Hunt. I have a question for both of you. Let's say I want you to put on your GM hat. I want you to, to put yourself in Andrew Barry's office this off season. And you're sitting there. I don't know. I don't know what Andrew Barry does when he's sitting in his office doing paperwork, what, what researching, what things, things that some people smarter than me do when they're sitting in their office, probably not playing on his phone. Okay. Phone rings. It's, I was trying to figure out who it could be. I went with the Arizona Cardinals. It could be anybody. It's, it's the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm like, Hey, Andrew, we really like Kareem Hunt. He's in the last year of his contract, got banged up a little bit. Would you even consider maybe talking about a deal with Kareem Hunt? So I want to ask each of you, if somebody calls and asks about the availability of Kareem Hunt, is it hang up the phone right away? Or is there something someone could offer you that would make you want to kind of deal from that, that area of strength and, and give up Kareem Hunt in a trade? You know, I, I think everyone has a price and if someone were willing to offer them and, you know, make them an offer that they couldn't refuse, then they probably wouldn't refuse it. Um, but I, I do think that they see the wisdom in having him here. So I don't think it would be uh, something that they would jump to do or seek to do or even want to do. I think there are certain players uh, that fit with a team. And I think Kareem knows he fits with this team. 
in more ways than one, not just on the football field, but you know, this is home. This is home for him, uh, which can have its pros and its cons, but he's got a very strong support system here. And, uh, and the Browns have provided him with that. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, right? Um, but in the case of Kareem Hunt, for the most part, it has worked really well for them to sur surround him with uh, everything that he needs, all the resources that he needs. Uh, you know, he's got a pastor here. He's got family here that, you know, he's had to try to make the distinction between you know, people that he should be spending time with and people that he shouldn't be spending time with. Uh, but he seems to have struck the right balance in that regard. This just seems like the right fit to me for Kareem Hunt uh, because he knows that he can thrive and succeed here with everything that's going on around him. It's a, I think it's a safe landing spot for him, a safe place for him. They believe in him. And, uh, and I, I think the, the two sides should think about trying to see if they can't work it out that he can finish his career here. That is what I think should happen with him. So I think they should reluctantly listen to other offers and then maybe politely hang up the phone unless it's, unless they get blown away. Are, are you even taking the call, Ashley? I mean, Mary Kay laid it out so nicely. I think there's, there's very few people in this league who are untouchable, so to speak, in terms of trades, but I, I just, think it would take way too much for them to consider anything like that. And how many times this season did we talk about how in, in terms of Baker Mayfield struggles, right? I can't get through a podcast without saying his name, but in terms of Baker Mayfield struggles in this offense, how many times were we like, if only he had Kareem Hunt back there because he acts as a safety valve. He's so important in terms of how this offense functions that you can just bring him in. I think he's just too key for, for what this is, what they're trying to do. And we got a pretty large sample size of what happens to this offense when he's not out there at all, or when he's not able to perform 100% due to an injury or something. Um, and I just think overall, he just means too much in the schematics of what they're trying to do. He's so key to Baker Mayfield's success. And obviously the Browns are going into the season saying Baker's still our guy. Um, so if that's the case, I really think he is vitally, vitally important. It sounds like, and believe me, I'm not trying to trade Kareem Hunt here. It sounds like this is one of those players that the team he's on values him at such a high level that no other team could put together an offer that they'd want to part with him, right? Like, would somebody really give you a first-round pick for a running back? Probably not, even one as good as Kareem Hunt, who hasn't been a featured back in a while. So, but the Browns, if they were even going to think about it, and I don't even think they would, would probably want like a first or second round pick, if not more. I mean, I think they really value him at that level, even though he's not their top back. Yeah, and he comes at a, a nice price too. I mean, he actually probably, and this is something that he's going to have to think about and his agent will have to think about it. And there's a lot of extenuating circumstances as we have covered, but uh, you know, somebody probably would pay him to be that number one back and give him uh, more money than, than he is making here. Um, but, you know, I think he knows himself well enough to know uh, that this is a really good, good spot for him. And this is the team that gave him the chance to rehabilitate his career. Um, and so yeah, I'm sure that other teams would like to have him and that he could get more elsewhere. 
but I think he's he's smart enough to know uh, that that this is a, a really really good spot for him. You can never say never because look, as I mentioned before, running backs get to a certain point and body parts start to break down a little bit because of how hard they run. When you hear people describe Kareem Hunt, he runs like the Tasmanian devil, gives up his body on every single play, right? I mean, he doesn't hold anything back. And, you know, and now he's starting to have, you know, some injuries. So from, from that standpoint, you know, when you factor in age and inj- injuries, you don't know how, what his longevity will be like here. Um, but I don't know. I think he's good for this team. I think this team is good for him. And I, I would actually like to see them extend him a little bit and just kind of keep this going. I don't think they use him enough. I've never thought that they've used him enough. I think he can be used more in the passing game and more in the running game. However, you can get the ball to him. I think for the most part, you're going to get production. I mean, I spent an entire offseason saying he should be this team's third receiver. So, so I'm, I'm with you on that. I see the way they use Demetrius Felton this year. And, and by the way, just, this is, this is a new podcast rule. We're not allowed to talk about Demetrius Felton as a running back, but I saw the way they used Demetrius Felton this year. And I thought, why, why couldn't you have done that to some extent with Kareem Hunt? Anyway, that's beside the point, Ashley, you touched on this a little bit, Mary Kay. I want to ask you as well, how different is this season if Kareem Hunt plays 17 games? I think it's an unanswerable question, right? Like, I mean, so much of what we talked about with Baker Mayfield this year was potentially how the shoulder injury, how the harness affected him throwing downfield. If you have Kareem Hunt back there with you, it's another safety valve in the past game. So who knows what that does for the offense? Who knows what it does for Baker Mayfield's confidence even and helping propel him along through to play through that injury and that he can do it effectively and get some of that moxie back sooner that makes Baker Baker um, and that he always kind of has, I think, when he's at his best. So I really do think it's an unanswerable question, but I'll tell you the ceiling for this team, I think, is so much higher than what we saw. And I think there's really a chance that obviously how close the AFC North was this year and what it came down to. Um, there's really a chance, obviously, I think that they go into the playoffs if, if he's there and um Overall, I just think it's a huge, huge piece that they miss, and who knows what the ramifications were. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to put too, too much emphasis on one player like a Kareem Hunt uh, because, you know, he's not, a, he's not what Travis Kelsey is to the Chiefs. He's not what Tyreek Hill is to the Chiefs. Uh, he's not even necessarily what, what Nick Chubb is to the Browns in the running game but he's a really good solid piece in the passing game and the running game. And I think he would have helped. I think he would have helped. I don't know that they would have won a bunch more games, um, but you know what? Maybe they do win one or two more games. If Kareem Hunt had been there, maybe he would have been the difference uh, that that they needed to kind of keep them in the hunt a little bit longer. So I think he would have helped a lot. Uh, but I don't, I don't want to turn him into, you know, a world beater. I think sometimes we have a tendency to make too much of a really, really good player. Um, and, and we put too much emphasis on it, you know, and, and I think that, you know, we've done that before with, with other players on this team. Like we make 
sometimes we make Richard Higgins out to be like he's Larry Fitzgerald. You know, you know what I mean? Like Kareem is really, really good. And he can be somebody's workhorse back. I think he can, we saw that he, he has been that in the past. He was that obviously for the Chiefs and led the NFL in rushing yards. So he can be that. But right now at this point in his career, I think he would help a lot to have him. Uh, but I don't want to say he would have saved the season. I think what makes the, sorry, Dan, I think what makes the what ifs for me so much more are just the fact like that. And I agree with what Mary Kay is saying, but just the fact how many close games they lost by a score. I mean, that was six of their losses. And I wrote that whole story, you know, going through right before the Steelers game about what happened in each of those losses that were by six points or less. So I think that for me is like adding, adding this weight to, to the what ifs, but I fully acknowledge, like like Mary Kay was saying, it's not all on one player, right? It never is in football, I don't think. But I think that just makes the what ifs sting almost a little bit more for me. Yeah, he, he's like this, he's kind of like a supercharged, like luxury player, right? Like all good teams sort of have this guy that you can bring off the bench and it's like, okay, that guy really gives you something that no one else does. Or he's, you know, he's a Swiss army knife type of player, whatever it is. And, and Kareem is kind of that guy times 10, just because he has those traits to be a featured back. He could be a number one running back somewhere. He's won a rushing title. Um, he's, he's got all of those, he's got that skill set. And the Browns just didn't have enough guys this year where it was like, oh, that guy's running in off the sideline, better watch out. You know, what, how are we going to deal with this? You know, and, and they just, even, even with Odell, you kind of knew what Odell was. You know, he, they were going to use him as a downfield threat. And, and you, you kind of went into a game knowing you had to deal with him a lot. But Kareem is just this guy that you can, you know, Nick Chubb has been beating on you all game. And then all of a sudden, here comes 27 into the game. And now you've got to adjust to all of the things that he can do. You've got to figure out how you want to – do you want to have another linebacker on the field, another safety? Uh, do you want to use a corner on him? He's just a matchup problem. And I think the Browns missed that a lot this year. I think so too. Uh, and the other thing that I, uh, that I think that they missed from him is the fact that he really is a good inspirational leader. He's a run through the wall type of guy. Uh, he's a, you know, put the team on his, on, on your back and uh, carry it. And also he's so funny. I mean, we've heard him mic'd up um, and I mean, he's really good for Nick Chubb, not only in terms of keeping him fresh for the fourth quarter, but keeping him laughing and keeping him upbeat because I feel like Nick Chubb has a tendency to be a little bit of a brooder. He's very serious and he gets in his, you know, intense, I don't want to say dark places, but he, you know, he goes to a a quieter place and Kareem Hunt, uh, you know, is just sort of the, the cream in the coffee there. I mean, he just lightens everything up, you know, (laughs) I mean, he's just, uh, you know, he's just so fun. And, uh, you know, they, they needed that this year. They needed somebody to lighten the darn thing up. I mean, it got tense. It got, uh, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun for Baker Mayfield for much of the season, was it? I mean, it just wasn't. And, uh, and I think that Kareem really, really would have helped in just, just in terms of, you know, bringing the laughter back because Odell was always good at that too. Odell, even in practice, he dances, he makes people laugh, he keeps things light. And they were without a lot of that sort of upbeat boost that they needed. 
And I think they feed off him in a different way too. Kind of, kind of to your point, they feed off him in a different way than they do Nick Chubb. Like Nick Chubb breaks a big run, hands the ball to the official, and it's like, okay, that was cool. Yeah. Kareem is like running guys over and leaping into the end zone from five yards out. And it, it's yes. just different. And I think the offensive line feeds off that. I think these guys feed off that physical, just the way he looks for contact and, and goes after people. Um, I, I think that that too is something that, that everybody uh, feeds off of. Another guy that we got to talk about. And I never would have thought this. And unfortunately we don't have Doug on this podcast because he loves talking about this guy. Dearness Johnson, uh, he's going to be a restricted free agent. The Browns have some options. They can tag him. Probably right of first refusal would be the way to go there. But, uh, you know, we don't need to go too far into the weeds on that. But, Ashley, what is Dearness Johnson's role on this team in 2022? Well, if he's back, I mean, I think he's kind of a perfect fit for the role that he had this year, right? Like, I know Doug's not on here, but I'm going to use his own Nick Mullins argument against him. Like, how many third string running backs are as good as Dearness Johnson was for the Browns? And it, to use Doug's argument of the smaller, smaller sample size, like he succeeded in a smaller sample size, like we saw. If that's what they're okay with giving him, he fits that role perfectly right now. Like, he doesn't need to do much more for the Browns, I think, than what he did. But we talk about these things in terms of, wear and tear on Kareem Hunt, on Nick Chubb and, and protecting them against that or what happens if they do go down with an injury and have to miss games. And I think Dearness Johnson proved that he can come in and, and rip off some of those big runs when you need him to. Now, it might not be exactly the same. Like I know, Dan, we talked a lot about that run he had in the Patriots game at the start of that one and how, you know, Nick Chubb's out there. It's probably a touchdown, right? But Dearness Johnson gets you into the red zone at least still or whatever it was. So I, I just think he fits his role on this team, and it's it kind of was defined this year. He's a guy who can step up when you need him, but he's maybe like the best third-string running back there is out there. How do you see his fit, Mary Kay, next season? I think he's a great fit for this offense, uh, and I think he's really established himself as someone that can go in there and get those tough running yards for you when you – need them. And I think it opens up possibilities when Kareem is back uh, to use maybe Kareem a little bit more in the passing game and use Dearness Johnson a little bit more uh, to give Nick a little bit of a breather. Uh, he's got a, a low pad level and really good vision and really good balance. And I think he showed some things. I think he, he's got a, a little bit of a unique style in that way. And, uh, and I think there's more where that came from. And I think he's a team favorite. And I think he's got the right kind of an attitude. Uh, I think he sort of embodies the spirit of the Cleveland Browns, the way that, uh, that he did anything that it took to get to this point. And we all know his backstory, you know, out on the fishing boat and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's a, that's a feel-good story for the Cleveland Browns. He's smart, tough, accountable. And, uh, and I think, you know, he's, he's getting better catching the ball out of the backfield a little bit, and he can continue to work on that in the offseason. So I think he's perfect for the role. And, uh, and I, I, you know, if I were GM, I would be trying to keep all three of those guys and probably uh, extend Dearness and Kareem and, and keep hanging on to them for a while. I, I mean, I just think about, like, how much of Baltimore have loved to have had Dearness Johnson just sitting on their roster this year? Like, mm -hmm. when, when they start losing guys left and right, I mean, the Browns had that luxury this year. They 
Nick Chubb missed that Denver game. And they were able to use Uranus Johnson in, in that situation. You know, week 18 didn't mean a lot, but it helped to have Dearness Johnson kind of carry the load on offense. So you didn't have to use Nick Chubb in that game when you were running short on guys. It, you know, it really helped to have him available and have him around. And, you know, it's a little excessive to have three pretty good running backs, but th- this team can certainly afford it because Dearness isn't going to make $10 million a year next year. And I think too, Dan, like what you always say, right? It's follow the money. This team is built to run. So it's like, if, if the price is right and you can keep all three of them, why not? Because that's what this offense is built to do at the end of the day. And the other thing to consider is, and we've touched on this a little bit, is the fact that uh, with those guys getting up there a little bit uh, into their you know, fifth and sixth seasons, uh, you know, there are going to be little chunks of time where Kareem's going to maybe miss three games or four games and Nick might miss three or four games. And it's really nice to have uh, a Dearness Johnson who can go in there and get 100 yards for you. OK, is this a position that you guys have any interest in in free agency at all? Free agency or the draft? We, we don't need names necessarily, but it's, is there any when, when you think about the Browns offseason, do you think, oh, maybe they should do this in free agency at running back or this in the draft at running back? Not, not early on, but, you know, with those guys starting to get up there a little bit, you have to start thinking ahead. Uh, and also from a salary cap standpoint, you know, you want to be thinking of, you know, maybe a, a little bit of a less expensive back or two. Uh, so just from a, a depth and developmental standpoint, I probably would think about adding someone, but, um, but I wouldn't spend a lot of money on it and I wouldn't spend a high draft pick on it. I think they're, they're, fairly well set. Yeah, Dan, I think in your story, you wrote that the Browns, like in the last few years, they've shown that they're willing to gamble on day three of the draft on traits in particular. So I think that's like kind of where I would be looking if you're going to get somebody in the draft or something like that and get somebody younger who you maybe think you can develop, who can learn behind those guys. Um, Worst case scenario, jump in. But yeah, I don't think you want to go all out at adding somebody to the running back room this offseason. All right, last thing. Am I, am I wrong about Demetrius Felton? No, I was going to say when you made that <laughs> rule, when's the last time we talked about him as a running back on this podcast? I don't, I don't remember that. Maybe pre my arrival. It's a, it's a straw man of a rule. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they, you know, if they just, you know, got to the point where they just had a need for him more at receiver, and you know, they, they had to, to fill that hole a little bit. And that maybe his versatility will show itself a little bit more going forward. But uh, certainly he, you know, he wasn't much of a back in 2021. He, he feels like a guy that, you know, again, when, when we talked about traits, right, they took Donovan Peoples-Jones. He was obviously always going to be a receiver. Felton's sort of like this gadget. Like he's almost, I almost wonder if you've got Andrew Barry or, or somebody on the scouting staff or, or some, in an honest moment, if they would say, well, he's not a running back or a wide receiver. He's just a football player. We're going to use him here. We're going to use him there. We're going to try and turn him into a punt returner and kick returner. Like that, that's just kind of what, that's how we envision him. We just list him as a running back and he wears number 25 on the roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and look, he made the, uh, he made the PFWA pro football writers all rookie team as a punt returner. So, there go. Um, so there you go. Uh, so he had value in a couple of different ways. And, uh, and I think that's pretty good for a rookie to get, you know, to get something like that out of a, a sixth round pick. 
So, you know, moving forward, if you can find guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones and Demetri Felton in the sixth round, that's really good value, uh, especially from a financial standpoint. And um, so, yeah, I thought he came in and did what he needed to do. Okay, there we go. The running back position. I told you this one was an easy one to start us off with because the next one we're going to do, that is not an easy one. We are going to jump right into wide receivers uh, on our next podcast. And there is a lot to discuss uh, with that position, but uh, we're going position by position here through the roster here over the next few weeks. Mary Kay is also going to go to the senior bowl uh, next week. So we'll do some, uh, some senior bowl talk as well coming up on the podcast. So make sure you are subscribed wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search for orange and brown talking. You'll find us. Leave us a five-star review if you're on Apple as well. We'd like to see those. Uh, So for Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.